Tim Blankenship here again with the Divorce 661 Daily Perspective. We are already on episode seven with our daily perspectives on what's going on in the divorce world. Clients are having problems. And this is a, going to be a special episode because I'm going to be telling you why. I, mean, I think I'm going to title this, You're an Idiot If You're Thinking of Doing Your Own Divorce. I just wanted to get your attention. I don't really think you're an idiot. Um, again, these are a little bit more looser uh, videos, but we do go, go into some detail. But I'm going to talk to you about 10 reasons why I don't think you should do your own divorce. I'm going to give you my rationale on each of these 10. And it's not going to be a sales pitchy deal. I mean, obviously, I would love to help you with your amicable divorce, but to each his own. So let's get into it. Here's why you shouldn't file and handle your own divorce. Number one. Divorce is a complex legal procedure. I took some notes here. Rationale. California divorce involves intricate legal procedures, including filing documents, serving papers, and adhering to special uh, specific timelines. Mistakes can lead to delays and added stress. That is all accurate. It is complex. You miss just one checkbox and you're rejected. The courts don't help you either. I had... I talked about yesterday, clients that hired me who said, my petition is fine. The court accepted it. And when I reviewed it, the petition is full of errors. The court will not, the court clerks will not help you with your paperwork. You talk about this all the time. The only time they will give you some feedback is when you turn in your final paperwork to the court, the judgment package, then the judgment assistant, I'm sorry, the judicial assistant will review your paperwork. And they're not going to say, hey, by the way, do this, do that. And here's how you should write this and explain it to you, you know, like, like a teacher would. No, they're going to say it's been rejected for the following reasons. And they're going to give you some legal codes. They're going to make absolutely no sense to you. So complex legal, legal procedures, it is. Again, you miss one checkbox. You don't have the right forms. You don't follow the right process. You don't serve the paperwork correctly. You, you don't serve it, you don't file the proof of service or pre prepare the proof of service properly. So many ways you can mess up your paperwork. It'll cause all kinds of problems. And, uh, you know, by using a service like mine or any other for that matter, well, I don't know how good these other services are, you can avoid doing that. One specifically I had today, I just did another video on it. You know, this, this idea of ha having to, do your financial disclosures, which you do, but people filing their property declarations that list all their assets and debts, including account numbers and values of assets, and then filing those with the court to where anyone can just log in and order a copy. And guess what? Now they know all your financials. They know your account numbers. I've seen people do settlement, settlement agreements with their social security numbers. You're just asking to have your identity stolen. With our service, we never give out full account numbers. We always use the last four. We never include values on the settlement agreement unless it's specific to a certain amount going to one party. But we see settlement agreements that people have done their own that they're saying, you know, here's my uh, 401k with $800,000 in it. I, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't feel comfortable having that out there for public record. Okay, number two reason why you shouldn't do your own divorce is because of the complexity with property division. Here's my rationale. Dividing assets and debts can be challenging. Professionals can help ensure that all marital property is properly accounted for and divided equitably under California community property laws. So 
what I want to say to that is the level of it being equitable is always in the eye of the beholder. It doesn't always mean it has to be 50-50. We put together plenty of settlement agreements that don't have that don't have 50-50 division for one reason or another. And I bring that up because we'll have clients who who assume the court is going to enforce a 50-50 division and they'll provide me a division of everything like the cars and small accounts and a credit card with $100. They'll show it all being divided equally. And I say, is this the intent? Do you guys really want to have this type of settlement agreement? And they say, no, but we assume the court is going to enforce that. And they're not. The only time the court's going to get involved with property division or anything related to your divorce for that matter is if you ask them to in the form of a trial because you guys don't agree on something. There's something else I want to talk to you about as far as the property division, other than you not having to divide it equally. And that is people not understanding what is considered community property and what's not. And and this is how this conversation goes. Do you guys have any assets or debts that you want to, that are going to be divided by the court or any community property that was acquired during the marriage? And the answer I always get is not always, but oftentimes is no, we don't have anything together. That's not how it works. Community property is anything you guys acquire asset or debt wise during the marriage. Look it up. Uh, it doesn't mean if it's not in your name. And people assume that, uh, you know, I kept my this checking account in my name, the entire, you know, we never uh, shared this account. He or she is not on this account. Therefore, it is not subject to being divided or we don't want to address it. You don't, if you guys decide you're not going to address it, that's fine. But it just, you have to understand that, you know, you're leaving yourself out there with this unaddressed asset. And, you know, maybe a bank account's not a big deal, credit card, no one fights over that too much. But what if you forgot to list your pension? And here's what has happened in the past is people who did their divorce on their own and they, you know, they went through an amicable divorce, did their own paperwork, and uh, maybe they did it 10 years ago and now they've retired and they'll call me and say, Tim, we did our divorce on our own. You know, we didn't use your service or anyone else's for that matter, but I've now retired and I can't collect my pension because it's not included in my divorce decree, my settlement agreement. And so they're freezing my pension or 401k until this gets resolved. And the reason that is in California is because the, the community property is, is presumed. So if it's left silent or not addressed in your settlement agreement, your pension or 401k is going to assume your spouse is getting 50%, whatever that might be, may not be 50%, but at least their community property share, and they likely could freeze it. And now you can't retire. I've had, you know, we've had to go up and clean up these old divorce cases when people did their own divorce because they left out a pension. They weren't hiding it. They weren't concealing it. They weren't, you know, trying to keep it from their spouse. They probably agreed that they were going to do that, but they didn't address it in the settlement agreement. And that can cause a problem. Number three, child custody and support. My rationale, determining child support and determining child custody and support arrangements is emotionally charged. Professionals can help you navigate these sensitive matters while ensuring the best interests of your children are protected. Fortunately, with my service, we don't have too many emotionally charged clients. Very few. In fact, I can't remember the last ones we've had because we only work with amicable, cooperative uh, clients. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, it's still divorce. So even they're amicable, cooperative, and, you know, on a scale of one to 10, they run the gamut of how amicable 
but they are eventually going to end up in a settlement that they will sign and agree to. And the I'm sure there is some emotional charge, especially related to the kids, but we put together a lot of joint legal, joint physical type custody orders where essentially that's all it says, joint legal and joint physical. You don't need a detailed parenting plan. People that have done their own divorce and then came to us for help, we've seen them because if you look at the court forms, if you look at the court forms for child custody and uh, child visitation, there's a four, it's a four page form now, the FL 342. And then there's like five potential attachments for a joint legal attachment, a holiday schedule, and all these other attachments could turn into, as far as custody, you know, 15 pages of just custody agreements. And they're attaching all of these different attachments, assuming that they have to do that. And you don't. All you need is the child custody order 342 and mark joint legal, joint physical and reasonable right of visitation and you're done. So we can simplify that because you imagine sitting down at the kitchen table trying to hash out custody that you just want to do joint custody. But now you feel like you have to complete all these forms with all these specifics in there. Number four, alimony and spouse support. Here's my rationale. Calculating and negotiating spouse support can be complex. And an attorney can help you or a legal document preparer like myself uh, to obtain a fair arrangement based on your financial situation. So with our clients, um, there's many who do not want there to be alimony, but they feel like there needs to be because they misread the laws about long-term marriages and all kinds of other things that they end up misunderstanding. You get to make the, the call. You and your spouse can agree if you want spouse support or not. You and your spouse can agree how much and for how long. Now, you may not ha- even know what that might look like or what it should be. So we get like two camps of clients. One come in saying, well, I should say three. One, we don't want any alimony. We've already talked about it. Maybe they make you know the same amount of money or something like that. Two, we already agreed on an amount and duration. I'm going to pay you know, $500 or $1,000 a month in spouse support for X amount of time. That's camp two. Camp three is uh, we agree that, you know, there's going to be a need for spouse support because either one spouse isn't working or one spouse makes, you know, twice as much as the other spouse and the other. And so the spouse receiving less income is going to need some support. We're talking about the spouse support. And they'll say, we just don't know where to start the conversation on that. That's where we can run a uh, court DISO master calculation, which basically is an algorithm that takes into account the incomes of the parties. We put in a couple of different, uh, not the debts, but you know, if you're contributing to your 401k or paying, you know, out of pocket medical and stuff, we can include a couple of things. And, uh, and then that will basically spit out a suggested uh, spouse support amount. And I tell my clients, don't use that as the rule. Although many do, some people go right off of that. I tell my clients, use this the report as a guide to then sit down, go over your finances, look at the, the needs of both parties and ability to pay, and see if you can find a happy middle ground on the alimony slash spouse support, which, by the way, means the same thing. But again, that's another service that is part of our process that you wouldn't have trying to do your own divorce. And what would end up happen, happening is you would have to go to court See uh, either the judge or a mediator, and that's just going to add a bunch of time, especially with the the way certain counties are doing it now, especially L.A. County. If you're doing your own divorce, they're making you sit through three different classes. Class one 
is a two-hour class to go over your initial petition and, and get that filed. Uh, step two is another class on doing your financial disclosures. And then step three is another class on doing the judgment. And these are done in a group setting. And the classes are 60 days apart from each other. And, you know, so you're going to take at a minimum six months. You know, I know it is a six-month process, obviously, in California. But why grudgingly go through that when I can get your paperwork in a, done in a couple of days in L.A. County? Sorry, I have really bad allergies today. In L.A. County, I can have your paperwork finalized by the court, approved in five weeks. So why would you want to um, go through that um, those issues there? All right, number five, legal expertise. Divorce attorneys, or in my case, the legal document preparer, possess the knowledge and experience necessary to understand California divorce laws and advocate effectively on your behalf. So that is different. Um, That's if you are going to get an attorney. We do not give legal advice here. We cannot do that with our registration. That's why we only handle amicable divorce cases. Although lately with, you know, chat GPT and these generative um, search um, AI systems where what I used to do where clients are, you know, need some legal advice. I used to just refer them to an attorney, go get your legal advice. Okay. You got that satisfied, come back. Now you're making informed decisions. I would also send people links to um, either the court website that addresses things on say, we were talking about spell support earlier. Let's say um, they, they say, Hey Tim, how long do I have to pay spell support for or how much and so forth? How is that determined? So I can send them a court link uh, that they can read, you know, what the court says. I can send them a link to um, a blog post written by an attorney that explains that. Now with AI and like ChatGPT, I can go in and say, um, please explain in layman's term, plain English, uh, how spouse support works in long-term marriages in California and include family code section, blah, 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 blah. And then I can I can print that out or not print it out, I can copy paste that into an email and provide that to my client and say, here, I just saved you $400 in a consultation fee with an attorney. Here is, you know, the result of my search explained, broken down step-by-step, like whatever the question was that they had. So, and that's been very helpful. And then of course I'll tell them, this is not me providing that. This is, you know, coming from a search. So we can help you in that way as well, uh, talking about legal expertise. Number six, reduced stress rationale. Hiring a divorce legal document preparer can alleviate the stress associated with managing complex legal matters, allowing you to focus on your emotional well-being. Okay, so a little dramatic on that, but it is true that you are going through your own divorce and then you go to work or you do whatever you do during your day. And at the end of your busy day, you need to sit down and and you you already have these issues with your spouse. Now you're going to go actually fill out the paperwork on your own and you're going to go in and you're going to you know write down check off boxes. Of, of course you're going to make mistakes. Um you know you you have this uh you know the stress of the divorce, the, you're trying to make decisions and now you, you have the stress of not understanding the uh paperwork, you don't understand the forms, maybe you're googling all kinds of search terms and I can't tell you how many uh I mean, I've seen every problem in 11 years people have had with their paperwork. So, you know, for a small fee, comparably speaking to hiring an attorney, our services, you know, as a flat fee gets you guys both parties through the entire divorce process. Um, And you have someone here as a sounding board to put you guys through the process, keep you on track, keep you on pace for getting your paperwork done and through the process uh, in an effective way. 
Number seven, avoid costly mistakes. Rationale. Errors in paperwork or failure to meet court requirements can lead to costly consequences, including financial penalties or unfavorable divorce settlements. So the costly mistakes that I would say come up, again, kind of going back to the community property and forgetting to list assets or debts, things of that nature. Um, But mostly the mistakes with the people that I'm working with and people that come to me who have started their own divorce is that they are just making error after error after error on all of their divorce paperwork from the very beginning to the very end. And by the time they come to me, it's just a giant mess. I just had someone hire me uh, two days ago and been working on their case for four years, multiple judgment rejects. And when I they sent me their documents, they sent me 87 pages of court paperwork that they've been, that's been filed and refiled and amended and corrected and updated and just a mess. It's going to take me hours to go through that, but you know, that's, that's what we do. That's what I do. That's what I did for the court. When I worked for the court is did judgment reviews for folks. So um, the mistakes can be frustrating. I think you need to know if you're watching this, that if you're attempting to do your own divorce and you're just in the beginning phases, the likelihood of it taking you years is a high possibility. So just keep that in mind. This is just because of court timeframes, delays from errors in paperwork. Number eight, emotional objectivity, my rationale. I provide emotional distance and objectivity objectivity during a difficult time, helping you make rational decisions instead of reacting emotionally. So once in a while, I'll I, again, we don't get too many emotionally charged folks because either they are, you know, there's obviously that emotion in divorce, but they've come to their senses and able to make rational decisions in most cases, every once in a while, I will get that emotional call on the, you know, as a consultation, they start crying and they'll say something like, I just want to be done. I just want the divorce. And I don't, he, he or she can have everything. I just want to be divorced and I want to be free. And I understand that. But what I'll normally tell them is, first of all, I'm not taking you on as a client because you're not in the right state of mind. Number two, that's a terrible decision. I mean, you're welcome to do that. But, you know, you're one day you're going to wake up and realize that you made a huge mistake by just giving everything away. Again, we don't get too many uh, emotional, irrational folks. uh, But once in a while we will, you know, and I won't interfere with that. If, you know, you are making an agreement that your spouse is keeping 100 percent of something or, you know, we have spouses that don't want the pension. They say, well, I know it's community property, but my husband or my wife. Uh, earned it, and I think they should keep it. Well, you're doing that knowingly uh, what you could get, and that's that's totally different. You're doing that in a rational state. Number nine, mediation and negotiation skills. If you need that, there are you know mediation services. Once in a while, we will have clients that, that we will need to send them out for mediation. We get people <clears throat> coming in in various levels of agreement anywhere from Tim, we have a full agreement. We discussed everything. We have it all written out. We even signed it. Not that you need to. And we have a full agreement. We just need you to put us through the process and get us done all the way to Tim. We, we agreed. We don't want to use attorneys. We, uh, we don't have anything figured out yet. We are amicable enough to be able to have the discussions and we, we, we think with your help, my help, they'll be able to get through it. So 
any of those in between is kind of where people come in the door. The people on the other end where they're, they haven't kind of figured everything out just yet, but they have been amicable enough. When they come in, we'll start putting them through the process. We'll do the initial filing, get the case issued, start the clock on the six months and all that good stuff. And then I send out a worksheet for the settlement agreement that basically say, here's the types of things that you guys need to talk about and discuss to get through this. So <clears throat> let's assume or say that they agree on custody, visitation, property division, and they're stuck on, I don't know, spouse support, or it could be any of those things. If they ha if they get stuck and they just can't figure it out, I usually tell them, hey, so tell me what it is you're trying to accomplish. I'm not going to interfere. I'm not going to give an opinion or say, well, I think you should do this or that. I will give them some options. I will explain different language uh, that we could use that maybe resolves that. Maybe it's a, a something regarding the house or some other property division that we need to we need to characterize it a certain way that they're they're kind of stuck on. Um, but if if because I don't do mediation, if that does not resolve it, then I will refer them out to a mediator. They can still continue to use my service. I just refer them out to a mediator. We say, hey, mediator, we, we agree on 97% of this, but this 3%, these four or five things, we need to sit down with someone and we need help getting through that. And we need someone to actually get involved, help us push through the conversation to get an agreement. And then once they do that, they just come back to me and say, Tim, all right, we resolved that, hopefully, and uh, we're ready to continue moving forward. And number 10, protection of rights. Rationale, we will ensure that your legal rights are safeguarded through the divorce process, helping you achieve a fair resolution. So this, this section here was, it says an attorney ensures that you will, uh, your legal rights are safeguarded. In this case, you are, this is different for us. We, while we will, we're not giving you that legal eye, if you will, we, we will, we are giving you that professional legal document preparation and you are your own attorney Essentially, both you and your spouse are your own attorney. So while we don't represent you, we can ensure that your paperwork is being processed and will be approved by the court. The agreements that you guys come up with will be completely up to you. You will provide us those terms. Again, we don't get involved in that or give a legal opinion one way or the other. You are welcome to, uh, and we do have clients on occasion, say, Tim, do you mind if I take your final, all of our paperwork and take it to an attorney to have them look over? Absolutely. If that, you know, if that's what you want to do, go pay for the attorney for an hour or two and have them look over the paperwork, have them let you know if they would make any other you know, suggestions or based on that particular agreement, um, if they would want to include other things. I think we've had to do that maybe twice in 11 years. Um, they wanted us to make a few changes, which is totally fine because like I said, it's not, it doesn't hurt my feelings. It's your paperwork. I have a certain way of doing it and preparing it and presenting it to the court that I know is acceptable, but what's included in there is completely up to you. And I will make sure, obviously, that the details of what you guys are agreeing to are incorporated in there. Thank you for uh, joining us for Episode 7 of the Divorce 661 Daily Perspective. We'll talk to you tomorrow.